0: What's up everybody? Welcome to TV with Jays. What is this, our, uh, our fifth episode now? This is, this is episode six. You need to keep up. Oh man, I'm falling behind. Yeah, it's um, exciting. Unfortunately at this point, like this literal point in time, us recording our sixth episode, we have still struggled with posting them because it's a lot more of a process than we thought. So you guys hearing this way into the future, know that past us are working hard to bring you some edutainment. <laughs> That's a cool word. You've heard that one before? No, I have not. It's kind of a popular buzzword in the, the podcast world. Interesting. Yeah. I sh- should know that because I'm in that world. Sort yeah, of. We are now. in that world. Well, currently at this moment, we're like kind of not. We're almost there. Like, but when you're listening to this, we are. Yeah. We're working on music. We have some stuff improved. Yeah. To use, getting the editing set up. Then we got to figure out how to post on the iTunes and everything. We're like we're like inches, inches, it's it's pretty exciting. I yeah. must admit. And we don't have to worry about getting a lot of them ready for posts because we're in the same city, so that's good. Yeah, that ended up working out really well. This is live for, well, not live, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> this is live from Houston, <laughs> Texas. This is from Houston, Texas. Yeah. I may have mentioned in, in one of our past recordings, I'm not, I don't remember exactly, but that I'm doing uh, sort of some research here with a job over the summer. And I've known for a good while now, so I kept pitching it to Jacob. Come to Houston, come to Houston, come to Houston. And eventually, things just kind of fell in place in such a way that he ended up in Houston. Yeah, it just kind of, yeah, it did fall in place. <laughs> it was like, I applied for a job and had an interview and then got accepted and then moved down here all within a period of two weeks. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Now we're here and it's been a lot of fun. We've we've gotten to hung out hang out a uh, a few times, put some meals and yeah. explore. It's been good. Yeah, it's been fun. On on my outline I have Hello from Houston, from monkeys to mice and rice. That was a good one, right? Good <laughs> rhymes. And and because Joseph's working with mice. And for me, I have From Classroom to Corporate America <laughs> and Collages. And Collages. <laughs> Jacob's new favorite food that his wonderful internship has fed him multiple times now. I'm slightly bitter. He's got to eat a lot of good food with him. I'm also like, excited for him, but only secretly, because I can't admit that to him, because then he just keeps eating good food. Well, we now have official documentation and record what out of that. So I suppose so, man. We're good with that now. But yeah, I'm working uh, at a company in their tax department, so... It's it probably sounds kinda bland, but I like it a lot. Um, I, I think it's cool and it's just a good good company, good environment. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it sounds pretty awesome from my third party perspective. But yeah, and I'm working at the Baylor College of Medicine, which is a place that I would absolutely adore um, finding myself at for graduate school or medical school in the next five to five or so years, I like guess starting out and then graduating in five to ten years. But anyway. <laughs> <a> long, time. <laughs> long story short. I would love, love to be there. I think that would be, uh, pretty awesome. And Houston's been fun too. So did a triathlon today. That's also fun news. Yeah, I, one. I was there too. Cheering on! <laughs> yeah, I did. I did not run or swim or bike, but I stood at the finish line. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, it's been it's been a good so far. I think mean, we've this is like our my week two, I guess you're kind um, three. I just finished week three. But yeah, I've enjoyed Houston, I've enjoyed Kwana services. That's the company's name by the way. Yeah. If y'all are interested, if you need <laughs> you need any infrastructure or set up for some gas or oil. Kwana, you wanna give us a little a little financial aid over here? A little ad. But no, uh, what do we what do we got for today? Let's move on. Oh move Well on in. One more interesting thing about Houston that that I found. I was at a gas the station the other day. The week. This is my fun fact of the All week. All right, I'm ready. Some helpful notes at the gas station. Uh, it's kind of their warning section above hand. It said, "Long-term exposure to gasoline vapor can cause cancer in laboratory animals." So I feel like that was helpful <laughs> that they told me that as I was <laughs> as I was filling up gas. All right, and with that, we move into Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Now that we've we've gone five minutes talking about life, it has been a while though, so it's it's good to kind of catch up with each other and with our presumed audience of five people. So I say um, five might five to five thousand. Okay, okay. It's somewhere in there, <laughs> as long as you include us as listeners. Oh man! Um, but anyway, so yeah, today we're we're talking about Alzheimer's, which is obviously a massive topic. Um, so we're going to try and give you a solid rundown and like we say, we, we try and keep our content in that 15 to 20 minute range. Um, our podcasts have gone a little bit longer because as you can obviously tell, we like to ramble a little bit, but, um, content wise it's that, you know, 15 to 20 minute, which is that kind of that optimal learning in the podcast environment. But anyway, it's a lot to pack into that little bit of time. So I don't know. We're going to do our best, though, and it's, a, it's an amazing, just fascinating, um, but tragic and, and also heart-wrenching disease that exists in our world today, but we have a lot of amazing scientists, um, just incredibly brilliant people who are working to sort of solve it, and um, there's been a lot of progress over the last, um, man, long time, 100 years probably, um, from the, the first time we noticed these amyloid plaques and, and neurofibrillary tangles. Um lots of research. But here we are, and we're gonna try and give it to you in fifteen ish minutes. <laughs> yeah. Fifteen minutes of content. That's right. That's five, our, that's five our minutes, minutes of rambles. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, here we go. Yeah, when I when I saw this week is Alzheimer's, I I mean fortunately I guess um personally I don't have any family experience with Alzheimer's. So Yeah, I don't either. I I but I'd heard of it, of course, and like seeing Seen it affect? I mean, I'm thinking through it, and of course there are different like TV shows and movies and stuff that I found like Grey's Anatomy. My sisters watched Grey's Anatomy through like <laughs> three times. Um, popular one. And then I saw it's featured in the Notebook. To some, I I think I watched that movie a long time. It seemed it's pretty popular. I haven't movie, watched it. It's I think it's like a love movie. That going I kind of know that's the Rachel. Rachel McAdams, McAdams and, and Ryan Gosling. I have that. Right now. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I knew those names. Uh, And maybe The Rise of the Planet of the Apes, apparently a character seeking to cure his father who had Alzheimer's? Yeah, I think that's kind of one of the inspirations for the, the brain research that supposedly led to the hyper-intelligent apes. Very excited for that third installation. I haven't seen any, but... I, I, they're good. I know you're not a big, like, kind of sci fi person.
1: They're very good. Okay. You should watch
0: them. It might be worth That might pique my interest I in think that cool. category. Very cool. And then, if any of you um, enjoy watching sports, particularly college basketball, you should—you probably know Pat Summit. And yeah. That's—I think that might be what first came to mind when I—I yeah. thought of the topic. Definitely, she was uh, early onset. Also. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I also remembered um, them saying using the word dementia a lot, which we'll talk about a little bit today. Yeah. Because um, I those both came up to mind. I was like, wait, but I thought it's Alzheimer's but dementia how does that work out so we hopefully we'll get into that a little bit too Kind of parse that out a bit Um, yeah I mean it's it's definitely like you kind of mentioned it's a big big topic in today's society um in 2010 there was 175 billion dollars of funds allocated towards the, the research and eradication of Alzheimer's and that number just keeps going up annually um so lots of efforts going towards sort of stopping and not just stopping, but really figuring out how it works so we can prevent it and diagnose it. And yeah, it's a, it's a lot going on. And and from what I have I've read and watched some videos on this too, it seems like it's going to be a more prevalent issue as people live longer and longer. Yeah. Um, so it's it's becoming of increasing importance, I guess. Yeah. So we'll, we'll mention it. This is one of the big mysteries, but also one of the most obvious observations that age is the biggest risk factor for Alzheimer's that the older you get um, your risk just continues to increase exponentially of developing Alzheimer's and sort of a sort of the catch-22 of modern medicine and the fact that we have progressed so much in our understanding and our treatment and our diagnostic tools that people can live to be very old Um, I mean what's the The average age is like seventy eight these days. I think women is a little bit, or women are slightly older than men, so it's like eighty and seventy five, right around there. But it's like it's pretty old, Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. So that, but with that age and that that increased capacity to live longer, comes increased frequency of of the development of Alzheimer's, societally and globally. So it's it's becoming a big issue, like you said. Yeah, so uh, I guess we can kind of start by diving into some of the things we notice uh, in someone with all time, some of the symptoms. Yeah, we'll uh, start with that, and then I think we'll dive in a little bit, at least, into sort of what's happening scientifically, kind yeah. of a, a little bit deeper, because there's stuff you can find on you know, WebMD, and then there's some pretty in-depth um, published articles that are a little harder to sift through that we'll try and kind of parse out, but um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the stuff goal. that I had, I had a hard time it's with. a lot, more. It's um, a lot. Um, but, yeah, well, hopefully we'll bring that to you in a approachable manner. So yeah. that is our, our aim for yeah. this podcast. I really hope we can do that. There was a video I watched on this, and it seemed fine for the first few minutes, and then all of a sudden there are all these words <laughs> I had didn't, no didn't know. It. So that made me appreciate our goal a little bit more, yeah. you know, watching that. Um, but, yeah, so, like, what do we think of when we hear all of Alzheimer's? Like, what do we think some basic symptoms like just confusion, uh, memory issues yeah everyday um, tasks are a little harder to do a little bit personality changes mm-hmm. in some cases right did you check out the um kind of relates all of that in a diagnostic tool but the the MMSE no I, I didn't look at that okay so it's it's pretty cool um really simple like simple enough to the point where you you wouldn't think it would be an effective tool but that's kind of the point so it asks you just really basic basic questions so it'll 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 say like what is the year or like what is the season? What is the month? Who is the president? Like those sorts of things that seem very simple. Uh, but when you start to accumulate misses on those simple questions, um, it, it kind of draws into question, right? Is there some sort of dementia developing? here? So like Jacob mentioned, dementia, Alzheimer's are slightly different, distinguished. Um, Alzheimer's is its own disease of which dementia is a symptom and a component but dementia can, can manifest itself in other diseases as well um, so it's not as though it's it's only in alzheimers but okay. yeah anyway that's the the mini mental state examination the mmse and so they ask you these simple questions and the idea is if you you have a low score on those questions that you answer correctly um, you probably need to be diagnosed or uh, screened for for further diagnosis Okay, um, it's interesting. It kind of ties all of those things you were just mentioning together with the um, sort of losing or the the, the their gradual loss of cognitive capacity. And um, I don't think this one takes into account the personality changes that you mentioned, but sort of that everyday task, um, small small for forgetfulness, those sorts of things. You know, you're forgetting your keys in the fridge or something like that. But um, yeah, and that's that's where it starts. You know, it's it's not. I think a lot of times people sort of associate it with like forgetting your grandchildren, which can and often happens eventually, but that's but more it's not where it starts. Yeah, exactly. Your stage, exactly. Yeah, and it's kind of the stuff that I I had looked at, talked about, uh, confusion regarding time and location, that kind of stuff where I, that falls yeah. under that test. Yeah. Um, but then it also moved into things like suspicion of others, where there's really no reasoning behind it, um, and even base like more basic physical. Uh, effects of of the disease it had listed like speaking swallowing walking some of those kinds of things yeah things you don't really think about that the brain also controls um because so the the way the brain's kind of broken up in a super rough way and i mean, we talked a little bit about this in the physiology section but the the back of the brain kind of the, the brainstem area is what it's called or the hind brain controls a lot of that involuntary action that's going on we call that like autonomic response. Uh, so it controls a lot of your breathing, motor coordination, movement, balance, all of that stuff that you just kind of mentioned swallowing. Um, the front of your brain controls a lot of that higher order thinking is often what is what it's called um, so your forebrain so these are your lobes and we talked about all the lobes too but so that affects more of that kind of memory your um, thinking process or emotions your personality. Um, that's usually what's affected first, and in, in these diseases, that's seen. And then later on, you see a lot of the as the, as the brain continues to deteriorate, you see a lot of the balance and swallowing. And, um, so it's tough. It's it's really tough because it's so debilitating, but also because there's not really much we can do right now. Um, there's certainly hope in the future because there's a lot of research, like we like we mentioned. But it just kind of happens, and you just. As a family, you just have to watch. and That sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know that personally, but it's hard. Um, but yeah, I know it's it's difficult. From you know, we. I had a professor that was big on that um, to try and humanize the science we were learning, which, as we see in this podcast, is a big goal of what we have is sort of connect people with science. And one of the ways is not forgetting that people are why we do science. You know, Um, a lot of times it's because we're interested, which is a good reason, too. I'm really interested in cells and biology and neurons. Um, But at the end of the day, the research we do ultimately helps people. Um, So it's big. But anyway, we watched some of the interviews on how these, these patients kind of develop and their family stories. And it's important to keep that in mind, I think, as we're doing science. But anyway, that's kind sort of how that progresses, like you're mentioning with the breathing and swallowing and walking. But, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, and uh, just to bring the conversation back to dementia, you mentioned that uh, when you're talking about the MME, is that correct? MMSE, yeah. MMSE, Mini Mental State Examination. Um, you mentioned, and from my understanding, let me know how if this makes sense. See, but from my understanding, it seems like a more overarching type term to that kind of encompasses different mental or declines in mental abilities. Yeah. Uh, and Alzheimer's is part, it falls under that category. Yep, 100%. So dementia is, broadly speaking, referring to a loss of cognitive capacity, which can happen in, in a lot of different diseases. Um, one of the big ones is Huntington's. That's another... Sort of degeneration of your brain that happens. Have we talked about Huntington's? I don't know, man. Have Have we done that? <laughs> Sounds familiar hmm. to me. Hopefully, you guys remember all of that. But anyway, yeah, like we talked about that in, in, in Huntington's, um, that eventually dementia is a component of that as well. A big one with Huntington's is um, the emotional regulation and in, in dementia. We sort of mentioned that with Alzheimer's as well, but. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different forms. Lewy body is kind of a general one, um, that, that forms, and that just refers to these these plaques that build up. And we'll kind of talk more about plaques too. Um plaques are these like confusing concepts in biology that right now we've observed and we kind of understand a little bit of how they form, um but we are kind of far away of understanding how they lead to dementia. Um we have some we have some strong theories, but it's not fully understood by any means but yeah I did some research on plaques oh yeah I did some re- <laughs> What'd you find? well I think I they, they kind of come in between the spaces uh nerve, nerve cells is kind of what I had grasped from that yeah they are things that do that kind of like I also did some research on dental stuff when, <laughs> when I the word plaque it, that's what comes to mind but Tooth plaque is like a bacteria that grows on surfaces within the mouth, oftentimes in between teeth, not unlike (laughs) in between cells. And and I think this is correct. Um, Everyone develops these plaques to some extent as they age, just like everyone develops plaque on their teeth as they age. Even if you take good care of your teeth, a little bit of it comes on there. So I think we've got a good. (laughs) That helped me a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's one component of what we think plaques do is sort of block synaptic transmission and if you guys remember from our cell physiology class <laughs> class quote unquote <laughs> uh, podcast that <laughs> our our synapses is how those are how the neurons communicate so if you're blocking synapses communication can occur but we'll also talk about excitotoxicity um, which is which is another related component of what plaques do, and um, the, the tangles, those kind of form also, uh, but yeah, we have we have all those sort of components of what plaques might do, and they're pretty strong theories, um, kind of the problem is figuring out which theory dominates, or which theory prevails in certain people, like that sort of thing, so it's, it's a lot of theories of, of what contribute to Alzheimer's and dementia in general. The, the problem is when it's personalized medicine, so when we can the, – the goal would be sort of to look at your genes and say, A, you're susceptible to Alzheimer's. B, this is how, one of these five leading theories, that kind of thing. That's a long way away, but I think we are definitely progressing daily in how these theories relate to Alzheimer's. But, yeah. um, but anyway, plaques, I, you know. Chief that that works too. Cool. <laughs> and, yeah, and going back to what you were saying about kind of how this might be used in our understanding, it seems like a lot of these things we'll be talking about are, like you, you mentioned earlier, I don't know if it was on the podcast we were just talking, but there are a lot of just objectively, yeah, objectively true observations that scientists have made, and they can look at things and understand what's going on, but what isn't so clear is how these true things relate to Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, exactly. So with that, I can use that as a good segue into the sort of the scientific basis. Um one of the first things we ever noticed with Alzheimer's were these neurofibrillary tangles. And we we've, we've now seen those in other neurodegenerative diseases as well. Problem is, we don't exactly know how these Form and we don't exactly know, more so, how they lead to dementia. Uh, we, like we said, we have a lot of theories. They're all kind of interconnected and, and build off one another, but we don't exactly, like, 100% know how it works. Um, another big one, and this, this I'll try and explain a little bit better. Um, this is one of the two, the two big components. So there's kind of two genes that we look at with Alzheimer's that we have really strong theories about that lead to. Like Jacob just said, we have these observations that we've made that are objectively true, but we're still kind of working through how that really works. The big one of these, I think, is APOE4. Um, so the, the APOE4 is a gene that codes for um, part of the this, this system that takes in um, triglyceride, triglyceride. So it's part of triglyceride metabolism. And uh, triglyceride is a type of fat, and it's something we use to store energy. Uh, so people always talk about carbohydrates. You know, I like, want a low carb diet and all that kind of thing. That's sort of our primary source of energy that we use. Is glucose, so sugar essentially—the thing that plants make. Remember that from uh, what high school biology photosynthesis? I don't remember that. <laughs> no, I know I remember that. But glucose. Also, um, my sister is diabetic, so oh, okay. she. That, that term is used a lot around things. So yeah, I'm so glucose it. is big. That's like our main source of energy. But um, when glucose is not as easily accessible, so di- diabetes is actually a good example. A lot of times what will happen is we switch to a, a fat-burning situation. So it's, um, we, we transfer our, our metabolic preference, which is usually glucose, to fats. Triglycerides are, are a good example of those fats. So you might be asking, what on earth do fat storages have to do with Alzheimer's? That is a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's what's what's weird about it. So we've observed this APOE4. If you have that type of allele, so if you have this specific gene in your, your genome, which is the collection of your genes, then you are significantly more likely to develop Alzheimer's later in life. Why would those relate? It's it's kind of uncertain. Um, we'll get back to it because for now I will introduce the the other main gene that exists, and then we'll kind of tie things together. You talking about the amyloid precursor protein. That's the one, my friend. Cool beans. So ApoE four is is kind of it's one that I had never heard about until I started taking classes like neuroscience classes, but um, amyloid precursor protein is actually one I heard about. So that's, that's one that's kind of mentioned in, again, high school biology, um, kind of popular press. People talk about beta amyloid plaques. Some of you listeners may have heard of that if you're interested in neuroscience at all. Um, this is the one that's a little bit more known is the amyloid precursor protein. So APP is another protein. Um, this one makes more sense though. This one codes for uh, this one codes for a protein that appears to help synapses. Jacob, you remember what a synapse is? We even talked about it in this episode. I know it's synaptic. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's but it, synaptic. It, it, it's the uh, transfer of electricity between cells. It goes down that, yeah. that axon, telephone cable. Right? Exactly. Right. Wow. You're killing it. I'm man. learning things. I'm telling you. We're learning. Edutainment. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so it, it's a thought to be a critical component of synaptic plasticity, which is your brain's ability to sort of mold and change in response to environmental changes or environmental stimuli. Basically, it's, it's a critical component of the way we learn things as our synaptic plasticity, so it's the changing. But this amyloid precursor protein is thought to be a critical component of that um, and also of, of our dendritic spine health. You know, you might remember dendrites from a while back. Is those little those little spines that come off yeah the, uh, the body? Spider legs, right? Spider legs. That's the one. That was like episode one. That was way back, man. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a big part of the health of those dendrites, and then also like the little they're basically little hairs that come off the dendrites. Um, the problem is there are two pathways, and we'll kind of go into these two pathways, and then sum it all together, and hopefully you'll have a a better picture of how it all works scientifically. There's two pathways. Um, one of them is done with um, the beta and gamma secretase pathway. One of them is done with the alpha secretase pathway. Um, it's kind of weird, because more beta-gamma action is what will eventually result in Alzheimer's. But we still have a, a baseline I don't know, action of, of Beta Gamma. It's not like it doesn't exist in a healthy brain. So it's a balance. Um, I, I always kind of think of like Batman and Joker with this is kind of the, the first thing that came to mind. Because for me, I never really got it. Like, neither of them would kill each other because they enjoyed it so much. Like, it was like a fun game and Batman just wouldn't kill him. So they just kind of acted back and forth. And as long as Batman was winning, as long as Batman had more power, things were okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. But... But both of them had to exist because they balance each other out. Good movies, by the way. Oh man, those were classics. Instant classics. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of how I think of it in my mind. The problem that arises is when is when the beta gamma, which is kind of the Joker in this situation, okay. gains a little bit more power. All right. So analogy number two for these. Let's let's say that you have a donut shop. That's your favorite donut shop. It's. It's 15 miles away, so it's kind of far, but it's close enough that you'll go every now and then. Donuts are obviously not very good for you, right? Pretty bad for your health, despite how delicious they are. They might be bad for your health, but they're good for your soul, and that is my take. <laughs> they're so good for your soul. I love donuts. Um, but anyway, it's like 15 miles away, but there's also a really delicious like sandwich and salad place that's like two miles away. Great prices, delicious food, fun environment. So you, it's easier to go there. It's better for you. You do it more often. For for, for me, maybe maybe not. But for most people, we'll continue. Maybe your okay. donuts are thirty miles away. Okay, they're forty miles <laughs> away. The donuts are really far, but they're okay. close enough that you get them sometimes. Okay, okay. But what if, what if that donut shop opened up five hundred feet away from your house? Goodness gracious, I'm a happy guy. <laughs> Until you die. Because too many donuts. Yeah, I know. I'm, I should play along <laughs> with the analogy, Beth. It's fair <laughs> enough. But no, exactly. Like, you would go to that donut shop way more frequently. Similar idea happening in your in your body, in your brain. You have your, your beta-gamma pathway and your alpha pathway. Like we said, beta-gamma is the bad one, the Joker. Alpha is your good one. It's your Batman. As long as Batman's winning, everything's good. A mutation occurs that makes it easier for the beta-gamma pathway to occur. Um, this mutation, one of the, the more known ones and studied ones, has been called the sweetest mutation. Uh, so, going back to our donut shop analogy, if they move their donut shop from 40 miles away to 500 feet away, you're going to go more often. In your body, if there's a mutation that makes it significantly easier and favored to do the beta-gamma pathway, it's going to happen more often. So. Your alpha pathway isn't favored anymore. Batman starts to lose. You don't go to that delicious sandwich shop anymore. Things start to go bad. So we we sort of observe this, but we don't exactly know how things go bad. So let's tie that together. All right, so our two genes. What we got, Jacob? Our two genes. We have ApoE4. ApoE4. And we have APP. Perfect. So one of them makes sense because it's a synaptic health gene, the APP. Easy we'll just, peasy. Easy peasy. The other one's a little weird. Batman it's, and the Joker. That's the APP. In the donut shop. And donut shops. If the donuts are closer, it's easier for the Joker to occur. And that's a problem. And, and there's a mutation we talked about from Sweden. Right. That Swedish or, mutation. Sorry. <laughs> Swedish mutation that makes that, that occurrence more common. Right. That's kind of like the donut shop moving closer to your house. It's easier to, for it to happen. Um, APOE4 is that triglyceride fat metabolism gene. Right. So how do these relate to us developing some sort of dementia? Do we know the answer to that question? We have a a theory, a pretty strong theory. Um, we'll, we'll touch on it real quick. All right, let's do it. And then we'll wrap up because we're obviously going too long. We, we warned you though, Alzheimer's is, it's huge, so it's a big time. One day we'll make it under twenty minutes. No promises <laughs> on how quickly that'll happen. It'll, it will, it will have. We'll throw a party. We'll, well, once we get to ones that are a little more obscure, it'll be easier. Uh, but anyway, all time is big, but this is important because um, it's good to know. APP, a P P, apoe four, and how does that relate to it all? How does that, how does it tie together? At least from what we think. You're you're referring to the oxidative stress yeah neurotoxicity neurotoxicity which uh, those of you listening who know about neuroscience know that's an incredibly broad term even if you don't that sounds like a very broad term (laughs) this was the most confusing stuff that i well i don't even know if you can call it an attempt to understand this is not (laughs) happening when i was doing research it's really confusing so we're going to hit it real quick um like you said oxidative stress what does that mean okay so oxygen It's good, right? You need it to breathe. Yeah. Problem is, molecular oxygen and then species, so components, molecules, compounds that have oxygen in them are often super damaging. Why would that be? Well, oxygen has these really reactive electrons that like to just mess things up. Long story short, oxygen really interacts with, with other compounds and molecules. When that happens in your brain, bad things happen. Um, but your brain's smart. You know, we're pretty amazingly designed organisms, really. And your brain has a, a way of fighting those. A big one is astrocytes. They're also genes that sort of act to clear out the waste. All right, so we going back to APOE4, um, there's some, some thoughts about maybe... Improper triglyceride metabolism leads to increased oxidative species, these 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 things that contain oxygen, which leads to increased oxidative stress, which is this stress that oxygen puts on the body, which leads to neurotoxicity. No, know that's a pretty long, roundabout way of getting there. So let's go back to APP, the amyloid precursor protein. Um, the thought is when when these improper pathways happen, the beta-gamma uh, pathway, it leads to a buildup of these small fragments, which leads to plaques, which leads to improper clearance, which leads to increased oxidative species, which leads to increased oxidative stress, which leads to neurotoxicity. Neurotoxicity, indeed. So in both cases, it, it kind of has to do with clearing out junk, basically. Um... This is, this is one that's easy to relate to our, our human lives. If we just leave junk in our room, in our trash cans, in our kitchens, things just kind of get bad real fast. And you get bugs. You get bugs. You get stink. You get sick. It's just not good. It's kind of the same idea. If your body loses its ability to clear out these harmful chemicals and, and compounds it wreaks damage and one of the most sensitive parts of your of your body is the brain um, and so it kind of starts to damage your brain because um, even though we've disproven the fact that neurons can't regrow that used to be a common thing that was taught they do certainly go a lot slower than a lot of other cells in the body um, they regenerate a lot slower so if you lose them it's it's pretty hard a lot of times to to build them back, and uh, it's certainly hard to build them back the same way they were. And a lot of that, we think, relates back to neurotoxicity. So, uh, I don't know. I think that's a, a pretty good a pretty good rundown on the science. But just to be sure we got it, I'm going to ask you to run it back, Senior Jacob. Goodness gracious. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So, we have these genes, correct? Genes, APOE4 and APP. They're genes? They are genes. Okay, got it. All right, they do a couple of different things. Um, one of them has to do with triglycerides, fats, that kind of stuff. Yep. Which one? That'd be the APO4. Crushed it. All right, then we have APP, which um we talked about Batman and Joker, that kind Correct. of stuff. Two pathways. Yeah, pathways, and when one occurs too much, problem, or when one has more power, kind of. Yeah. There's issues there. When the beta gamma. Um, beta beta gamma. Uh, secretase pathway joker that's right okay and um, eventually through a long path through a field of oxygen you can come to neurotoxicity yeah which is bad for you yeah because then your house smells bad and you have bugs <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good summary to me man all um, right yeah neurotoxicity at the end of the day but like we said like that's a pretty broad term that things are just toxic you know it's a it's a rather unsatisfying answer we scientists, and that's why we keep researching it. Because um, to say that it's just things being toxic um, is is tough. And there are other there are other theories that are kind of out there, but those two genes are, are definitely noted, and what we think it, the primary contributor is, is neurotoxicity. But anyway, we'll, we'll find, find out man. more as more and more research yeah, happens. Exactly. And, um, if if something happens, we can we can run another episode and. <laughs> And since we have such, laid such a good background, we can do it in, in timely fashion. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say it's relatively quick for how deep this stuff is, yeah. but... This um, is a big... big, big, man. Talk, lots of lots of stuff in it's this. really important and uh, really significant societally and, and globally and, I don't know, like Lumosity is, is a... We talked about this. Uh, have we talked about it yet? We're we, doing a Brain Games episode eventually yeah we've talked about this a little bit yeah I, I almost signed up,
1: and it's like yeah. fun games,
0: but a big thing that they were sort of claiming is that they would reduce your risk for Alzheimer's, and they kind of got in trouble for it because it was it was false advertising um point being though, like people are really really pushing the the Alzheimer's research and the Alzheimer's diagnosis and treatment and yeah, we'll see where it goes, and you know. We might do an update episode on it at some point. But for now, you've got some pretty solid basics. Some symptoms, some, uh, some sociology, some, some science. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for but, sticking um, with us. Yeah. I, we, we're, we're loving what we're doing, so we hope, hope you're enjoying it some. It's definitely been a lot of fun. <laughs> you can't tell by all the laughing we get to do. But anyway, uh, I think that's all we got for today. So um, follow us on, on Twitter. You have a Twitter? We do have a Twitter. <laughs> That's awesome. Noah's, Noah's gonna be in charge of that. I just haven't given him the info. <laughs> um, <laughs> find us on Facebook, TV with Jays. Uh, you know, always check us out online and I think we're gonna to get an Instagram going too. I think Noah talked about that. Sweet. I'm bad on Instagram, so That's why we have That's why we have Noah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, if you have any questions, corrections, comments, concerns, shoot us an email. Evenwithjays at gmail.com. Alright, signing off from Houston, Texas. See you next time.